Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio. Today I'm spending a few moments with my friend and author, Brad Meltzer. I'm so glad you came back. I love seeing you. You know that. Yeah. You know what? I love it when you come to town because you always have really, well, you have great stories anyway. Thankfully, most of, uh, well, of the big ones are put into books, uh, which we all appreciate because we get to share those. But I, I have to tell you, I mean, we're talking about The Escape Artist, which is your new uh, novel, but you have this knack for getting people to let you into places. How do you do this? Because this is what some of your, your earlier stuff has been based on that I just, I find fascinating. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that. I you know I've, I, I took people into the secret tunnels below the White House. I've done the labyrinth below the U.S. Capitol. I never thought they would let me into Dover Air Force Base because Dover is where we all know uh, our fallen soldiers go. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know is also... Um, that they would ever let me inside. And, and they said, come on in. And I said, you're sure? And I was like, yep. And they had, re, you know, because I've done research with President Bush and President Bush and President Clinton, um, that they had, I guess, checked me out and realized that I write about things I love. I write about the things in the government that I absolutely love. And I try to highlight the heroes that nobody knows about. And I think they appreciated that. So that's how you get inside. I mean, the real secret is, is spend 20 years of your life, um, you know, proving yourself. And then you can get right inside immediately. Oh, that's all. That's all it takes. Well, okay. So just, you know, just put the next 20 years of your life on it and there you go. Gotcha. No, but, but the truth is, is I'm joking. Uh, it's the kindness of really amazing people mm-hmm. who are out there who really look out for us. Tell me a little bit about The Escape Artist. Yeah, The Escape Artist opens with one of my favorite characters I've ever created a woman named Nola, who's a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army. And the government says that Nola died in a plane crash. But when our hero, Zig, is laying the body to rest, he finds a secret note that's hidden inside the body. And the note says, Nola, you were right. Keep running. And he realizes in that moment, Nola's not dead. She's alive. She's on the run. She's the escape artist. And mm-hmm. I've just ruined chapter one of the escape artist, but really that's, <laughs> that is chapter one. You also did something kind of interesting. I think you put the first chapter online. We did. We put, we actually put, I mean, literally yeah, like a screenshot. You could see, yeah, no, I, I, I filmed myself opening the book, yeah. um, which is fun for me, but you know, people want to see the real thing, you know, and in this one, I was on a USO trip entertaining our troops in the Middle East a number of years ago. And that's where I really Dover came on my radar. And and again, I knew what Dover was, but I didn't know is that Dover also houses our biggest cases. So the victims on the Pentagon flight went to Dover. When the space shuttle goes down, they went to Dover. It also is where all of our spies around the world that nobody knows about, all of our James Bonds, they all go to Dover too. And that means that Dover is a place that's built on secrets and mysteries. So how could I not set a book there? I was about to say, this just has Brad written all over it. Yeah, no, the escape artist is exactly, you know, and the thing that I realized in Dover is if you're disfigured at a normal funeral home and they'll close the casket and they'll bury you. But Dover's a very interesting, different place. And they realize they're dealing with amazing heroes, U.S. heroes, our fallen soldiers. And so what they'll do is you'll have people there who will spend 14 hours rewiring the cheekbones in someone's cheeks because they want the family to get one last look at the body or rebuilding someone's hand for no other reason than the mother specifically said, I want to hold my son's hand one last time. And I think in the world today, we're all of us starving for heroes. This is where the real heroes are. This is the wow. best of the best of us working on the best of the best of us. And that's where the world that the escape artist lives in is in this amazing world where our hero Zig gets to take care and see, as you heard, like when, you know, finding these things. 
how many how many things have you scribbled down on on papers and and whatnot when you've had ideas? I can only I mean just the sheer number of books you've already published versus how many of these little yeah. Well, this is where it's you know this is this is the exclusive we have is I was when I when I research a book the first thing I do is I bring it to the real expert and I say here's our plot mm-hmm. um, you know tell me where it's wrong and help me make it better and so I'm at Dover and um, talking to different experts and then I meet a couple and I get to talk to them later as well and I said I want to know can I hide a message on a body that someone can find later and they explained to me that if you're on a plane that's crashing going down and you eat a note and write a note and eat it that the liquids in your stomach can actually potentially preserve the note and he called it the ultimate message in a bottle and I said, that's crazy. And he said, it's actually really crazy because it actually happened. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, on 9-11. And this is true. What? Wait I'm a telling minute. You, I'm telling you, this is true. We just announced it. You're literally like, I, so this really happened. On 9-11, when the Pentagon victims were brought into Dover, they opened up one of the bodies, and inside was a hidden secret note. And of course, I asked what what's on the note, right? Yeah. That's the question you got to ask. And they wouldn't tell me what's on the note. I of course respect that privacy. I had I thought to myself, it has to be someone in the military, because only someone in the military would have the wherewithal as a plane is, you know, being hijacked and going down. But as I looked at it, I realized that that note had to have been seeking what we all seek in life: connection. Right? We want to love and be loved. And I can tell you when my parents died, one of the only moments of, of thankfulness that I could really take from it besides just having them in my life is that I got to say goodbye to them. I knew they were going to die, so I got to say goodbye to my parents. And I take hope from this note because what this note proves to me is that when you reach out and when we send that you know, true message in a bottle that we're going to be heard. And that's what I did is I took that story. That's the opening chapter of The Escape Artist is someone, there's a body with a note inside, but I didn't make it up. Even though it's a fictional thriller and even though you turn the pages, it was actually based on something that happened. You have this knack for marrying together the facts, uh, things that actually happened, and this this fictional world where it kind of goes off on a different you know, parallel plane that really makes the reader go, okay, wait, did, did this, did that really happen? But you know it, right? You know when you see it. Like people, when they read this book, they're always like, wait a minute, that that's real, isn't it? They know, even though they're reading yeah. a fictional book, you know, like one of the things um, when we were filming Lost History, our TV show with history, um, we were searching for the 9-11 flag that the firefighters raised at ground yeah. zero. We were lucky enough to find the flag, but what no one knew at the time is we were filming in an army museum on an army base. And we're in this museum, and they're giving me a tour around this art museum, and they show me paintings done by Adolf Hitler, paintings done by these top military people. I'm like, why does the government have all this art? And they explained to me that since, and this is true, since World War One, the U.S. Army has had an actual painter on staff who paints literally disasters as they happen, whether it's the speeches in Normandy, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's 9-11. They've been there. And I said, they took me, I said, what are you talking about? They said, you know, while everyone else is running in armed with guns, there's someone who's running in with nothing in their pockets but colored pencils. And I was like, that's crazy. I said, I want to meet this person. That sounds like the craziest person in the whole world. And they said, you mean you want to meet her? And I was like, her? And they were like, it's a woman. They took me in a back room, introduced me to the what they call the artist in residence. It's They call them war artists. You can look them up. They've been there since World War One. Never knew they were there. I didn't know they were there. And I based my other main character, one of the characters in The Escape Artist is Zig, who works at Dover and, and finds the, the note. 
But who he finds the note of is a woman named Nola. And Nola is a war artist. And she's someone who races into disasters just for art's sake and um, is drawn to the flame. And I think what makes Nola interesting for me is anyone who does that has kind of a need to kind of be in a disaster. And whether you're, whether you're suffering from addiction or from abuse, abuse there are, all of us uh, have been in moments where we're in a crater. And you got to climb out. And what Nola's doing in this book is trying to climb out. We're all trying to climb out. And I love that the escape artist can kind of show people the way out as well, When even though it's fiction, but to show you what happens in real life. You um, are, you seem to not know any, any. You, you don't put limits on your writing. You don't, of any sort, it seems like, because you have all, obviously these best-selling novels that are amazing and will hook you in from like page one. <laughs> well, Congratulations, wait, can I tell you about, by the it's way. My, it's my favorite page. This, this book, I will say, is my favorite favorite page one we've ever done. It, it, I, I want to ruin it. it. It says, in 1898, a man named John Elbert Wilkie was in charge of the U.S. Secret Service. He was a magician. He was a friend of Harry Houdini. He loved doing magic tricks mm-hmm. himself. It is the only time in history that a magician was in control of the Secret Service. <laughs> That's page one of The Escape Artist. And I was like, I got it. I had that in my head for like, I can't tell you how many years. And I was like, I got to use that in a book. So you get Dover, you get the thing, but you get this idea of magicians in the military. And it is a mind-blowing story when you see what Harry Houdini did with the military, when you see that Abraham Lincoln has a tie to a magician in the military. Um, and, and again, it's all fiction, but... I love. There's no limits for me. I see that there's story, really and I'm not. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out. You also are a. Uh, you do these great children's books uh, that are biographies of of these folks. I mean, they're huge names in history, but you make them, you know, where where anybody can read this, even like like I said, little kids. Yeah, uh, can yeah, read them so, and understand. And I was tired of my own kids looking at at people who are famous for being famous. Uh, you know, and reality TV show stars out there, you know, these silly, you know, just thinking that that's a hero. That's not a hero. That's someone who's famous. And I started, as as you said, you know, we do I Am Abraham Lincoln, I Am Amelia Earhart. We've done I Am Rosa Parks, I Am Martin Luther King Jr., I Am George Washington. The newest one is I Am Harriet Tubman. Um, and we're doing in September, we finally come out with, uh, with I Am Neil Armstrong, which is going to be our next one. And what they always do is they tell the real-life biographies of these amazing people. Mm-hmm. And what I love about them and, and what's fascinating to me is as the election was approaching the presidential election a year ago, we saw something very interesting happen. Is two books started jumping up that was selling like beyond what we ever saw. It was, I am George Washington and I am Martin Luther King Jr. And it wasn't a Democrat or Republican thing at all. It was that there were just so many people who were tired of putting on the TV as that election was approaching and seeing politicians when what they wanted to show their family was leaders and show their kids was leaders. We all know there's a big difference between a politician and a leader. Mm-hmm. And I love that that's how families were fighting back to what they were seeing. And, and you know, we all know that politics can be just a, a, you know, a great sport and a beautiful sport, but also sometimes a terrible sport. And we need to show our kids leaders. So I love that we're doing, I'm, you know, Harriet Tubman. I love that people buy I Am Abraham Lincoln. But what I love more is that people are using our kids' books to build libraries of real heroes for their kids and their grandkids and their nieces and their nephews. Yeah, it's a, they're pretty amazing, and there's so many to choose from now. I mean, you, you're a busy guy. I also, when, when we do these interviews, and I get to talk to, to people like you, I like to kind of give our listeners a little something behind the, the person sitting on the other side of the mic over there. Yeah, oh, no. That, now, I'm, now I'm terrified. Now you should be. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Tell me about you and Superman. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. I got to geek out for a minute with this because it's so cool. Yeah, so uh, yes, I write thrillers. I, I host a TV, you know, hosted a TV show on the History Channel, but 
um, and I do these kids' books, but when I get to sit at home, I write Batman and Superman, I get to write B-A-T-M-A-N, and I get to put words in Batman's mouth, I am wearing my underwear on the outside of my pants that day, <laughs> right? Like, I am just so excited, because it's Batman, it's Superman, and to me, though, the most important part of the story, honestly, Tanya, is it, it's not Superman. The most important part of the story is Clark Kent, because we're all Clark Kent, and we all know what it's like to be boring and ordinary and wish we could do something incredibly beyond ourselves. So I love that in a couple months, we're going to do Action Comics 1000. The first 1,000th issue of a comic book is coming out. They did a very big deal for it, invited all these writers to come on and write stories. So I'm doing a Superman story for that. Um, my daughter doesn't know that I actually uh, put her in the story. So uh, I'm hoping that she's not listening to this right now. There's the one person I hope is not listening, but I can tell you exclusively there is um, I'm putting, I put her in there because it's history. So, and, and yes, I do George Washington. Yes, I do Abraham Lincoln. Yes, I do Superman. But they're all the same. They really are. I know one, I, I don't need to be told, one is obviously fictional and didn't exist and the other two you know, did. But what they are, are they're our heroes. And what they stand for is America. And what the reason that they're all the same to me is because like any great story, the best ones tell us something about ourselves. And Superman and George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, they tell us something about ourselves. That's why these stories persist. That's why Rosa Parks or Dr. King, that's why those stories persist is because they tell us something about ourselves. And the one thing I'm convinced of is that every person you look to as a hero, whoever your hero is, they were at one point scared and they were terrified and they didn't know if they could do it and they kept pushing. And I know for all of us, myself included, that we are all terrified and incredible. We are all brave and we are all cowards and we are all amazing. And sometimes we're all doing that in the same day, sometimes within the same minute. And that's what makes us who we are. And I'm okay with that. And all my characters from the escape artist to anything else, they always reflect that humanity. Who was your hero when you were a kid? My grandfather. My grandfather may rest in peace, uh, was the first person who ever told me stories. And he used to tell me this Batman story of all things. And it, this was the story he used to tell. He'd say, Batman and Robin are in the Batmobile, and they're on the edge of a cliff, and in front of them is a white van, and inside the white van is the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler, and Catwoman. And I would say, tell it again. And he would say, Batman and Robin are in the Batmobile. <laughs> and he would tell the story. can't have 30 <laughs> words to it, right? Yeah. But I would say, tell it again. Tell it, and he would tell me this story over and over, and that's what a hero is. It doesn't have to, you don't have to change the world or be president or you know start a bus boycott. All you gotta do is help one person and be kind to one person. And my grandfather was the first hero. Beyond that, in terms of famous people, I love Abraham Lincoln uh, as an adult, but my hero growing up was Mr. Rogers and Jim Henson. And what they, especially Jim Henson, inspired me to believe is that you could use your creativity to put good into this world. That's what Sesame Street was. He used his creativity to put good into this world. And I hope if I'm doing nothing else to this day, that that's all I'm trying to do is use my creativity to put good into this world, to remind people of the heroes who are at Dover Air Force Base, of the fallen soldiers who give their lives for our country. It's the reason I do USO tours. Uh, I just went to Cuba with the USO again for another tour to entertain our troops is use your creativity put good into the world that's the best legacy i could ask for um you have a lot of you know social media presence like i said you you know had the picture of you turning the page in the first uh page of the book uh you are active on on twitter uh facebook as well you you get a lot of people i'm sure a lot of feedback is there anything that sticks out in in things you've heard from readers and people who have watched your TV show about your work and what it means to them. Yeah, you know, the ones that really 
I mean, you get the funny ones who are like, you know, there's there's people who you know will immediately tell me what I did wrong, and they'll tell me you know whatever else they want to tell me. Um, and I'm used to that, right? That you can't please everybody. That's okay. There are people who will you know love to tell you that you know whatever the detail that they pick out of your book is wrong is wrong. But the ones that stick with me more than anything else. Are, I just posted one actually on social media, is someone who said, uh, you helped me beat cancer because when I was in the chemo chair, I was reading your book. I was reading your thriller and it brought me calm when I didn't have it. And that, you know, I had a guy who, um, this is a story I, I wish to talk about. Yeah. So I had a guy right after 9-11, a sailor on a submarine wrote to me and said, I can't tell you where we are, but we have a tiny library on the submarine and we have one of your books. And I just want to say thank you because at this time the war was obviously on its rise and we appreciate what you gave me. And I was like, that's the nicest thank you I ever got. I said, I got to do something nice for this sailor. I called my publisher. I said, can I get 10,000 books donated to the USO? And they said, sure. And I was like, that was easy. So I called another publisher that wasn't even my own. And I said, can I get 10,000 books donated to the USO? This is Brad Meltzer. Can I get 10,000? Nope. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. We got 40,000 books donated to the USO. I got involved with the USO, went on a trip to the Middle East to entertain the troops. And while I'm there, this guy says to me, Brad, I want to thank you for all those books you donated all those years ago. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, I would see stacks of your books. So I knew you had to have donated them. They always said courtesy of the USO. So I knew you had to have donated them. And I want to thank you. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm here to thank you. You're, you're messing it all up. You got it backwards. I'm here thanking you. And I came home and I was like, I got I to gotta find that sailor on the submarine and tell him this story. And it was years later, but I, he really unleashed it all with his thank you. So I called up and uh, his email bounced back, but I found him in Google and I called him up and I told him the story. And you know, when you're on the phone with someone, I figured you'd be all inspired, but you're on the phone with someone and you realize something's wrong. And I said, are you okay? And he says, no. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, my mother just died a few days ago from breast cancer. Now, what he had no idea of is my mother had just died of breast cancer. And it was one of those moments where the whole universe just stopped. And I said to him right there, I said, I think I'm here to deliver a message to you. And he said, what's the message? And I said, you know, my mom died. Uh, people gave me useless advice. And, you know, they said, oh, she's in a better place. And I was like, I don't want her in a better place. I want her right here. I don't care where she is. I want her right here. And it was, you know, it's hard. It was my mother. But one person gave me advice that really helped me. And I think I'm here to deliver that message to you. And he said, what's the message? I said, our mothers never leave us, ever. And he starts crying. And because I'm hearing him cry, I'm, of course, you know, just completely emotional. And I'm not one of those new agey people who feels like rainbow and glitter cannons that are launch from the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we feel like we're completely alone in the universe and sometimes we realize we're profoundly connected. So go say thank you. Go say thank you to someone who did something nice for you, for someone who gave you your first real job, someone who was, you know, took their first chance on you. Go say thank you to them. You will not believe what comes from it. Wow. I did not see that coming, Brad. Yeah, it was crazy. And the amazing part, of, let me tell you the, the PS of the story, is I started telling that story at a book event right after I came back because it all happened. And I'm telling the story in Washington, D.C. And all of a sudden, this guy, when I said, go say thank you, raises his hand. And I'm like, just wait a second, I'm almost done. And he keeps his hand up. And I'm like, <laughs> and he says, 
I need to say thank you to you. And I, I felt it in my chest and I go, oh my God, you're the sailor, aren't you? I never met him face to face. No. And it was him. What? And he was at the sign. If you go and put Brad Meltzer into YouTube, Brad Meltzer USO, you'll see not only me telling the story, fast forward to the end, you'll see me surprised by him. And it was one of those moments, the whole room, crowded room gasps. I felt it against my chest. I flew kind of backwards, it felt like to me, although I didn't move at all. And I never, it was, I could feel the emotion. And then you see us hug. It is one of the most magical moments of my life. And someone out there captured it on a phone. Um, but put in Brad Meltzer USO into YouTube and you will not believe it. You have to be one of the best storytellers on the planet. I appreciate that. I'm I'm absolutely serious. And it's not just in your books. It's it's the way you relate things. So thank you for, for coming to bring your gift here today. I appreciate it. Thank you for it. Can I say one thing is this is my 20th year. I'm celebrating just over 20 years of writing these books. And mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you to you because whether I've done the thrillers, whether I've done the TV shows, whether I've done the I Am books, you always have me in. You always support me. And I appreciate that you let all these stories out into the universe. So thank you. You uh, <laughs> you got to come back. Oh, you know that. You know that's what's going to happen. His new book is called The Escape Artist, Brad Meltzer. It always turns into a Brad Meltzer love fest in here. I don't know what it what it is about Studio One, but that's, uh, that's what happens in we here. We love Studio One. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. I'm Tanya J. Powers. This is Fox News Radio. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.